When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Hello and welcome to Arn. This is Paul Bromwell, and as always, I'm joined by the Hall of Famer, the founder of the Four Horsemen, creator of the Spine Buster, the 1A Attack Team Wrestlers, our television champion. He's the enforcer. He's double A. He's Arn Anderson. And he's dad this week because, Arn, we have Brock on the show with us today. But let me start with you. How are you doing this week? I'm doing fantastic. I'm George, glad. Go Georgia ahead. Bulldogs are kicking ass. I need the Braves to get straightened out. They're sliding. I, listen, I am confident the Braves are going to get it all together before the playoffs. They got, listen, from top to bottom, that lineup, there's no break in that lineup. You and I have talked about that before. They should never lose a game. Yeah, no. Well, well listen, let, let's get into it because Brock Anderson is joining us this week. Brock, how are you? I'm good, Paul. I appreciate you all having me. This is, uh, I know it's been talked about a little bit, and apparently during some of these uh Ask Arn anything's my name has come up a few times. So I figured, you know, why not hop on here and just answer the questions myself? It has, and uh, we are honored to have you. I'm excited. I've got to hang out with both of, you, both of you before, and we were breaking some bread together several months back at Jimmy's Famous Seafood in Baltimore, and we had a great time together. So I have been looking forward to this, and I, again, just want to say thank you for, uh, for joining us this week. My pleasure. Well, listen, Arm Brock, before we jump into it, uh, we have plenty of questions uh, for this episode. But Arn, I wanted to mention to you that I get to sit down every other week with Mike Kyoto. You remember Mike Kyoto, referee, 30-some years with WWE. We do a uh, Monday mailbag-style show for ad-free shows, and Mike has got some wild stories uh, from his 30-plus years on the road. And you want to talk about wild you look no further than Marty Jannetty. And I want to play a clip of what listeners, if they sign up at ad-free shows, can hear and find out more stuff about. Our, uh, Mike and I were talking about Marty Jannetty. He recently did a dark side of the ring. And so let's check out this clip and uh, give our listeners a taste of what they could uh, be in store for if they join us over at ad-free shows. I remember when he left, we were, went to Europe or somewhere. 
for like two weeks. And then I remember when he got back, he found the girl that he left because he, he, he had to get up and catch his flight early in the morning. And he left some girl at the house. <laughs> when he came back, she was still there. I remember him telling me she was still there in the bed, but the room stunk. But she must have she must have passed away in the in the bed or something. But he never killed. So that's that, that's that's a different story. So this is when he was oh. a younger kid, and something happened. A guy attacked him in a car, and Marty lashed back. There's a rumor the guy died, dragged him in the woods, maybe or something. Oh shit! I never heard that story. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Um, we're telling some stories over there, Arn, and uh, we were talking all things Marty Jannetty, and uh, he's an interesting character. Did you guys get to see the dark side of the ring on, on Marty? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I saw it, now this. Mike starts telling me, a di- I'm bringing it up to him <laughs> on the show, and he starts telling me another story about Marty traveling and coming back and finding another girl that was dead in his bedroom when he came back. So, uh, listen, you got to catch the mailbag. You never know what stories you're going to hear Mike Yoda talk about. We got Nick, Nick Patrick over there as well. He has his own mailbag style show. He's on with Casio and uh, thousands of hours of bonus content. And they're offering a special promo right now. Uh, so, listen, it's save 20% off the first month by going to adfree20.com. That's 20% off the month. Uh, the first month right now, adfree20.com. Plus, not only all that, you're going to get Arn and I's bonus for the month of September, which we're going to do a little overrun of Ask Arn Anything this month. And so you don't want to miss out on it. Check it out, adfree20.com. But as I said, at the top of the show, we're taking a break from walking through Arn's career. We have Brock Anderson with us today. Guys, are you ready? Brock, are you ready Oh yeah. Uh, for the questions? Let's all do right. it. All right, so here we go. Uh, we're going to jump in with Miss Amy Vaughn. She's a huge fan of ad-free shows, and she's got a number of questions. So here we go, guys. Some of these questions you both can answer. Uh, so just take your time, and we'll go back and forth here. She wants to know both of your middle names and asks if either of you were named after anyone in particular. So, Brock, we'll start with you. Uh, what's your middle name, and were you named after anybody in particular? So I'm the only one in the uh, Lundy family without this middle name of the boys. It's uh, Alexander. Now, Brock Dad Alexander. To, okay. Yep. Dad wants to take that away and tell his middle name. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Anthony for me and Anthony for Barrett. Okay. Brock, I wanted to have different and I, that just is a strong name, Alexander, for me. I just, I like it. Ma, the mom gave them their first names, which were very unique. Barrett and Brock, cool names. Those names you remember, and that's why. She's smarter than me. I like it. So Brock Alexander, and uh, and then, and, and, and then uh, yeah, so that, that's fun. I love it. And, and Amy's bringing all kinds of fun questions this week, stuff that we don't normally, you normally get to talk about. Brock, one of the questions that she also had was, listen, you were born in 1997. She wants to know when you realized who your dad was, as in Arn Anderson, the founder of the Four Horsemen. So at what point in your life did it really kind of hit you who he was in professional wrestling? So... Like you said, I was born in 97. So I know I look much older than I am, but people have 
a hard time figuring out how old I am and when I was born and how much of my dad's career I actually saw. He retired. I think he gave the Nitro speech at, what, six months, August of 97. So I'd have been six months old. Mm. So I never got to see him wrestle. We were talking about this at a signing in New Hampshire this past weekend. It came up at a panel. The first real moment I remember realizing he was somebody that had to do with this whole big theatrical production that was wrestling was WrestleMania 18. It was his first WrestleMania with the company. They had, he had brought us with him up to Toronto and we were up in the big, uh, in the sky dome. They had like the big air boxes, like almost in the ceiling. And I think we were in there with Christian's parents, believe it or not. And I remember we were sitting there and we were watching the match, Rick versus Undertaker. And they're having this match. And I can't see. I'm four. And it's like a thousand yards to the ring, it feels like, from all the way up there. And my mom kind of gives me the Iggy and just says, hey, you know, you want to you watch this? Okay. I'm watching and I just see this little ant creeping, creeping down the side of the ramp and he's just ducking and it, he slides in. And when he slides in, I look up to the big jumbotron right there and it's my dad and he hits the undertaker with a spine buster. So most people think, wow, that must've been really cool to see. This is the flip side of the coin being in my shoes yeah, he hits the move, big deal on The Undertaker. Yeah, okay. So he slides out of the ring. He takes one six-inch jab from The Undertaker and hits the deck. When he comes back up, he is fully covered in a crimson mask. I'm four years old. I'm terrified. I don't know what's going on. I see my dad up on this big screen bleeding like a stuck pig. I'm, I had a nervous breakdown. Just bawling your eyes out. And I don't remember any conversation afterwards calming me down or explaining what had happened. He was just <laughs> kind of like, oh, yeah, that, yeah, they, he got one on me. I'm okay, son. It's all yeah, right. I got him. I love it. <laughs> so, so you said you're four years old. By the way, not only do you get to see that moment with your dad, that's also Rock Hogan. Yeah. So, you know, you're in the crowd for that most electric kind of crowd reaction of all time between those two. That's you know what's cool. You know what's nuts? I don't remember that at all. At all. Nothing. I don't remember any of that. I just remember that moment. Of course. Which, if I had to pick between the two, I'm glad I remember that. Yeah, moment. absolutely. So you remember that moment. Now, at what point or age range are you starting to say, I want to watch wrestling and I'm going to start going back and watching the Crockett days and, and things like that? So we always watch wrestling. It wasn't okay. it was just ingrained in the fabric of the family. It's how he put food on the table. It was our lives. So when I started, we, back in the day, we had a big DVD case full of VHSs. So I'd pop those in, and they were terrible quality. But that would be the first time I saw that he was a wrestler and what he was doing. WCW tapes. We still got them up there because they're cool to have. That's awesome. But that would be the first moment. And then I think I think the original question Amy had was when I figured out he was like yeah. the leader of the Four Horsemen. I didn't probably until WWE put out that DVD on him. 
the Four Horsemen that, DVD. Yeah, yeah, that really good DVD they put out for him. That's so cool. Uh, Arm, what was it like, though, for you? I got to ask you, watching your son figure out and see what you did and just get, I don't know, that institutional knowledge and start to be like, man, Dad, you uh, you were really something in this business. Because I'm sure, Brock, there was some of that as you started to uncover what your dad had accomplished and and see what he'd done in the ring. I mean, that's a proud dad moment kind of, right? But you know what? I don't think he ever said that. I'm serious. He never put me over. There was Rock. Never, there was never a time. Yeah, I was waiting. Even to this day, where he looks at me and said, "You know, Dad, you're pretty good." Wow. Well, we're gonna just never, I'm not sure that he has ever said that. Well, he tells me enough in in private settings enough that I don't have to tell him. He knows. <laughs> Oh, this is fun. Oh, this is good. All right. So Amy goes on. Besides his dad, who are some of Brock's favorite wrestlers? <laughs> so the 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 one that I think because of the same thing, nobody knows the timeline, so everybody just assumed my dad was my favorite. He wasn't because I just simply didn't see him wrestle. We're we're starting to figure that out. Yeah. 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 And uh so my favorite growing up was the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. He was my favorite, hands down. And he was part of the match that actually made me really want to become a wrestler. Him and Taker, that first one. WrestleMania, WrestleMania 25. 25. Yes, sir. I sat there glued to the, to the ring watching every moment of that match. And that's when it clicked in my head. I was like, I know this is what my dad does. And I've been to these shows and been around it, but... It was the first time I remember, I think this is what I want to do. That They just went out and had that crowd in the palm of their hands, and I want to feel that. I, I'm sure you have. Have you been able to meet Sean? Yes, there's a, they did a, when WWE did a Raw in Charlotte, I remember he brought me and two of my buddies down early, and there's somewhere around here there's a picture with me meeting Sean, that might've been the only time. Mm. So cool. Oh yeah. I, I've been, I'm a big Sean fan too. If I had to, uh, had to pick somebody through the years and I, and I almost, I know Sean was great up until the first run and then he was out for four years. I like his post back yep. run because I just feel like he was, uh, it didn't matter if he won or lost, but his in ring work was, was next level. And his attitude was great. It was just so much fun to watch him come back because you never thought you were going to see him again. And so I think he just treasured him as a Shawn Michaels fan that much more. And that's a huge thing with the guys in the business today. It's a Brett, were you a Brett guy or a Shawn guy? Right. And because of my age, I never saw Brett wrestle, but I saw that second run of Shawn, and he was he was my favorite hands down. So I always say, I'm like, you're not going to like it, but I was a Shawn guy. There you go. And that match with Undertaker is a good choice because it covers all the bases. It does. Uh, if you want to sit down and put, since somebody's never seen a wrestling match and you want them to have a favorable impression, that's you set them down, show them that match. It's all the emotion, everything, and those two, two of the best of all time. A lot, most people's Mount Rushmore could easily find Taker and, and Sean on it, and uh, it's one for the books. Amy wants to know: Is Brock a reader? If so, what book is he currently reading or just finished? I have very rarely read unless it was a required assignment and that's probably a bad quality that i need to work on 
but uh, I have, I really only grab books that interest me. I mean, that sounds, but I don't do, I don't, it's not like, it's usually autobiography. So I got like three that I have that I need to read. One, Chipper Jones, favorite baseball player of all time growing up. Two, Randy Travis. And three, uh, Matthew McConaughey's. I still got those three that I got to read. All right, there you go. I like it. Uh, and hey, listen, a lot of people aren't big readers with everything going on nowadays and social media. A lot of people reading is usually on their phones, scrolling through, <laughs> scrolling through Twitter at this yep. point in life. So it took the place of Cliff Notes, right? Yeah, yeah. You go go online and get the abbreviated version. Everything you need. Uh, Amy wants to know when are we getting a new Brock Anderson T-shirt design? She wants some new Brock Anderson gear. Yeah, because I've been rocking that one for a little bit now. But it looks, if I don't mind bragging, it looks pretty sweet. I yeah. kind of did that one. Yeah, maybe maybe I could just offer a different color combination on that Let's, one. We could put it out there. Maybe if someone comes up with a new cool design for you to check oh. out. Okay. Yeah, Would if anybody cool? has any ideas that they want to send in, I'd be yeah. happy. We know to. a couple designers, we, so okay. we could uh, yeah figure something out for you. We happen to know somebody that has a couple of stores you can post them in, too. There you go. Imagine that. Yeah. You got, you're connected. I don't know if you know this, but you're connected. <laughs> it, well, it would pay for you to be a, more of a fan <laughs> of your dad, okay? Yeah, I'm just I'm saying. Start putting them over tonight. Yeah, there you go. No, he won't. Uh, <laughs> he absolutely won't. Did uh, Did Brock ever get any slack at school when he would tell people or people would see his dad and be like, that is Arn Anderson. And Brock said, yes, yes, that's my dad. Did people not believe him or did he even realize what that meant, that Arn Anderson was his dad? So talk about that. As you're growing up, uh, Anderson, what was what was that like? So being from Charlotte, still living in Charlotte, I remember when we were growing up, he would get recognized all the time. Now, he might not get recognized as Arn Anderson, but just Ann Anderson. They, I remember we were walking in a Hardee's one time and we were going to the beach and we walked in a Hardee's to use the bathroom. And this guy was standing in line, probably had just got off work. And he looked over and the light bulb went off. And as dad was ducking into the bathroom, he said, man, Ole Anderson. And before he could get son out, he said, nope, and hit that door right into the bathroom. <laughs> so that guy didn't know what to think. But, yeah, in being in Charlotte, I remember a lot uh, people coming up and just saying thank you at dinner or whatever and seeing them on the street. Heck, it, it's, it was so nuts. I can remember visibly that up to a certain point, he would still put Anderson on a dinner reservation. Just to make sure you got that reservation on time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There was a couple few select spots that he still used that when I was young. Nice. Schoolmates, did they, could they figure it out? Any of your friends in school? They just, they just knew that he, there was a couple dads in the neighborhood that knew who he was and they would tell him, who he was and that he had wrestled, but obviously he wasn't a current wrestler. So nobody really gave me any flack. Uh, elementary school, everybody thought it was cool. Okay. Mid middle school was the brutal part because middle schoolers are the worst people on the planet. They're just vindictive and just miserable. 
so that two years I got in a couple scuffles just because they they pop off about the business and like my dad told me I'm like, okay sweet but then the high school it reverted back then it was back it was like that's cool that's really cool nice so just those two years Arne, do you want to you chime in or you, you just having fun listening here just want to make yeah, sure well you know once it was, high school was so fun the amateur started amateur wrestling and he played football and uh i actually was just from a timing perspective got to get some time off and go see him the main thing i wanted to see him do is wrestle and it just worked out that i got to see you know like he would have matches on like tuesday night sometimes i would be home so i got to do that and there's nothing if a father tells you that he don't just absolutely love watching his son play high school football, he's a liar. Because it is one of the most fun things that I've ever done. And you just beam with pride. You know, it's just, if you're a football fan, it doesn't get any better than that. Mm, Absolutely. And And, a lot of fathers listening to the show know exactly what you're talking about. You know, and I could just see him having, you know, Toughness was starting to. He was starting to really get internally tough because you got to be crazy to be an amateur wrestler. You don't ever get to eat. You starve to death. You sweat your ass off, and then you go out and you get stretched by guys that are. You know, when you're a freshman walking out there on the mat, you're tackling dummy. You know, on amateur wrestling, and if you stick with it, it means you're you're unique because a lot of guys don't last past the first. I'd say what week. Rock and yeah, it's a, it's a those heavyweights. We had a we had a problem getting a heavyweight. So there would be they'd get some big old lineman from the football team, and they'd usually last a week before they said, "Hell with this! I'm not doing this. This is ridiculous." It's a miserable existence being an amateur wrestler for all the reasons he just said. Just appetite. The cardio is probably the hardest cardio for any sport there is. And just rolling around sweaty on everybody in that hot, humid environment. Two hours. on away. each other. Yeah. yeah, it's miserable. So you got to want to be in there to do that. We want to pause this episode of The Arn Show right now to talk about one of Arn and I's favorite things to do besides watching wrestling and football. We love sitting around the table with family and enjoying a good meal. And we want to let you in on a little secret. We found the key to dinnertime success, and for us, it's all about variety. Well, HelloFresh has got it figured out. They keep your taste buds on their toes with 40 chef-crafted recipes to select from every week. From family-friendly to fit and wholesome, that's right, they got the cheat meals and the splurges all covered. You're guaranteed to always find new and exciting recipes to try and love. And this fall, we all know you got places to be. And standing in the checkout line is not one of them. So leave the meal planning and grocery shopping to HelloFresh. With pre-portioned ingredients and easy step-by-step recipes delivered to your door, you'll save so much time and cut out the hassle. I don't know about you, but it seems like my family is hungry all the time. Guess what? HelloFresh has that covered too. You can add snacks sides, and more to your weekly HelloFresh order. Just simply shop HelloFresh Market and take your pick from a curated selection of over 100 add-on items. Man, that is a home run. 
I tell you what, between the kids, practices, school schedules, the shoot job, sitting down to record podcasts, time is of the essence in our household. And HelloFresh has saved the day. Between ease of use and variety, Arn and I both give our stamp of approval on HelloFresh. And you will too. Just go to HelloFresh.com slash 50ARN and use code 50ARN for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. That's right. It's HelloFresh.com slash 50ARN and use code 50ARN for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. We are upping the game I'm telling you, you're not going to regret it. It's America's number one meal kit. And let them know the enforcer sent you. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. We uh, we have a, another question here from Amy. She's she's got a lot of them, but they're good. Que- these are great questions. Getting to know you a little bit. She okay. wants to know if you like football as much as your dad, and if so, who are the teams that you follow? Oh, I love football. Um, huge Panthers fan. Went to the game last night. Whenever this comes out, it was the Monday night game. The Saints game. The Saints. Okay. Yeah. We are not a good team, and it is miserable. But I still pull for him. It's tough, but God, is it brutal sometimes. He raised me to be a huge Georgia Bulldogs fan, and up until I went to school, I was like that. And of course, it was like that because all the Georgia teams I watched would choke in the big game. Now that I've went off to school, I went to East Carolina. That's my team now. That's who I pull for. Of course, now now they're on this. Alabama-like run where they're just winning everything, getting number one recruits at the yin-yang. Yeah, so he stuck with them. I I got to stick with my alma mater. It's just it's just another rib on me. It's just another rib. Now that Georgia's winning all the time. Yep. Well, Arn pulls for for your team, but he does. Yeah. Yes, I do. I am very supportive of ECU. Uh, Watch them every chance that I have and pull for them. Uh, Of course. Also, the Braves, and I'm a Panther fan. It's just, you know, being the Monday morning quarterback, you just see that they're so close. You know, some of these games that they lose for the Panthers, they're so close they could have won them if just this had this hadn't have happened or that haven't you know hadn't have happened. It's such a small small margin, and this city deserves because Charlotte is a great city. It's a great city to raise a family. It's a great city to live. It's a great city to make a living. It's you name it. I mean, if you don't believe it, move somewhere else and 
you'll find out. And Charlotte deserves a winner. And uh, just, you know, it looks like the horizon's a little further away than what we thought. With all that said, we need the Braves to go on a hell of a run here. Need to find out where our pitching staff is because apparently they're all just MIA all of a sudden. So if they can win a World Series, I think I'll be all right for a couple months. Yeah. I have a a very close friend talking to Arn about this before, and he's a big Braves fan. And uh, when they clinched against the Phillies in Philadelphia, that was a sweet, sweet moment. Oh, but yeah. now, but now here they are, you know, recently against Philadelphia. And I looked at the score last night and it was like Homer, Homer, Bryce Harper. And I'm like, ah, that's, that's not going well. Wrong yeah. time to be cooling off. Yeah. All right, Brock, let's keep it going here. Would you uh, like to stay with wrestling in a backstage capacity when you're done in the ring? I don't even know if you thought, thought that far yet. I haven't even remotely thought that far ahead. Yeah. If I'm fortunate enough to have a 30-year run where people want to listen to me when it's all said and done, then yes, I will entertain that notion. But that is not on my radar at the moment. Okay. Uh, This one's for both of you guys. Amy wants to know, when are you going to be coming back to the Kentucky, Tennessee, Missouri area? I need you to autograph my slam buddy. (laughs) So uh, do you guys have any future uh, appointments or signings or anything coming up anytime soon? What is the state area, Kentucky? She's Kentucky, Tennessee, Missouri. Nothing is on the books at this time, but that can change at any moment. Mm -hmm. All right. We'll keep you posted, Amy. You know that's one of the things we try to do here on the show is make sure you're aware of where Arn and Brock are going to be. Scott Golden is up next, and he says, Brock, what was the most challenging thing to learn in training? And uh, Arn, is there anything that Brock has learned quicker than you expected? So we'll start with you, Brock. Most challenging thing for you to learn uh, in your training? It is tough. I guess the most challenging thing would be just certain moves that you would watch growing up and these guys made them look so easy. And then you get in there and try them and you're like, this is actually pretty hard. Like that. When Triple H would send a guy off the ropes and scoop him up in like a sidewalk slam and drop him right on his knee, yeah, I always thought that looked great. And then I tried it, and I about I fell over with the guy, and it looked horrendous. So just little things like that, moves that you had watched your whole life, and these guys that were so good made them look immaculate. You get in there, and you're like, God, it it just a testament to how good those guys were. I'd say that would probably be the toughest part of training. Yeah, I mean, that's the type of stuff that as a fan we look at, like you said, and we're like, oh, okay, I can I can do that move, but getting there and doing it completely different. Because yeah. you're also counting on your opponent to do what they're supposed to do, your own balance. Uh, it's, it's excellent, like Bret Hart, excellence of execution. There is a real thing to that, yes. the technique. All right, Arn, is there anything that Brock has learned quicker than you expected? Well, the one thing that he gets, but he has to work on like everybody else, pretty much every young guy in the business. And that's just, this is my advice when they ask, slow down. Do not move on to something else until you have gotten everything you can get out of a particular move. If you're going to punch a guy in the mouth 
okay, let me see what the effects are before you move to the next thing or the next attempt. Rushing, rushing, rushing is the biggest mistake guys can make. If I slam a guy and I look at the crowd like, oh yeah, you don't, you won't see another one. And if I look around and he's on his feet, why did I just slam him? It had absolutely no effect, and it's just a waste. And the audience can't tell you what's hokey and funky about it, but because it does hurt to get slammed. Anybody don't believe it? Come on over and I'll slam you. It hurts like a son of a bitch. So the main thing that I tell Brock, you know, he gets he gets wound up in a match like he should be wound up, and he'll punch a guy five or six times. When he called, probably could have got away with one or two good ones. And he's he's picking that up. It's fundamentals. It takes it takes a long time to learn the fundamentals in this business. There's giving a backdrop, and there's taking a backdrop. And people don't realize how hard it is to do either one and make it look acrobatic. And that's a move that is supposed to be high, smooth, and it is like ballet. Mm. Some things aren't meant to be. They're meant to be a spine buster supposed to be high impact. It's not ballet. That- I, I want to ask you, Brock, too, as we listen to your dad talk about the moves and taking him and some of the coaching that he gives you, what is that relationship like with, with you and your dad? Is it always smooth in terms of listening to the coaching and working on him? Has it been just great to have him in your corner? Or just like any father-son relationship, are there times where you're like, Dad, I got it, okay? I know. I mean, just by, you know, talk to us about having your dad, who was so successful for so long in this career, having him, I mean, as much as of a... Of, of a blessing that is to have that type of experience with you. Is there sometimes too, where it's like, you know, man, some of this, I'm just going to have to learn on my own. Is there ever those moments? There is sometimes, you know, just things he just never had tried or anything. But I think the, the only hiccup would be is if we're in there and he's telling me to do something that in my mind, I'm like, I know, like, of course, like that's a, that's a given. But in his mind, he knows that even though it should be a given, it might not look that way. Okay. So when he says something like something like that, like slow down or something, and I think I am going slow, and then I watch it back, and I'm like, you know what, he's right. I could slow down. Good. There hasn't That's- really been any hiccups. He knows he can read on my face when I'm not happy about something. Frustrated. Or, yeah, yeah, or when I know – he knows what buttons to push and when to tell me what and where. And, and uh, if he'll, he'll admit this, and it's, it's not a big deal, but when he has a match, I'll leave him alone. I'll let him get with his opponent or, or whoever, whoever it is, his agent or producer or coach or whatever they're called. And then I pull him aside and say, what do you want to do? I don't say do this, do that, do this, do that. I say, what do you want to do today? What'd you have in mind? And he's got a he's got a great mind already for the business. He understood the one thing. There's one cardinal rule you have to do if you're going to be in this business any length of time is you got to make it make sense. It's got to make sense to you. It's got to make sense to the audience. And if you start with that building block, 
you can learn the business, but that number one is number one in my book. You gotta make it make sense. And, and I think too, it goes back to, you know, it's more than just Arn Anderson, the wrestler. Look what Arn did as a producer and as a matchmaker. You know, he was he's known as John Cena's guy for so many years. So and I know you're shaking your head, Brock, because you know, hey, that's the experience that I have in my corner. So uh, it, it's a little, I think for, for people, it's a little different when you have someone who has that level of experience in putting matches together too. Um, for sure. Yeah. For sure. All right, let's move on. Brad Stanton is up next. He's great. This is great conversation. Great questions, guys. Our ad-free show and Twitter verse bringing it. Uh, Brad says, Brock, when you decided you wanted to wrestle, but your dad said you need to finish school first, what was your reaction? That's not the entire truth. Okay. So I told him, I think, when I was probably 17 and a half, like that last semester of senior year of high school, I was like, you know, I don't need to go to college. Like, this is what I want to do. I, I mean, if, if I got to go to Japan, whatever. And I think he was about – he could be about 30% sold on it. Wasn't all the way, but it, there was – he didn't immediately say no. Now, my mom, on the other hand, absolutely shut the book on that. It was 100% I was going to school. I was 100% getting that piece of paper. And then after that, we would have the conversation. So I got that piece of paper. I took an extra semester. Couldn't figure out accounting to save the life out of me. I'd take it a couple times. So I figured uh, finished with an extra semester, December 19. We started training January 2020. So as soon as you got that sheepskin right into the gym. Yes, sir. Let's go. Brad Stanton also says, uh, do you see yourself doing anything in the business other than wrestling? And, and that was kind of Amy's question too. But I mean, at this point, your your hundred percent focus is just continuing to improve, yes. being the best wrestler you can be. Correct. Yeah, I'm locked in on this right now. Not even thinking that far down the line. Gotcha. Alex Wheaton is curious about what match of your dad's single or tag is your favorite, Brock. Hmm. Do you have a favorite uh, Arn Anderson match? Uh, well, I know y'all been talking about him and Elegante for a little oh. bit. Oh, there's some of that coming, by the yeah. way. <laughs> so that's definitely up there. That... <laughs> have y'all got to, Have y'all got to the Renegade yet? Oh, <laughs> oh man, he's yeah. coming in hot. This is good. Getting that good heat. Yeah, there's some good ones in there. Any yeah. of those? Those are all instant classics. These are all examples of it takes two to tango, and I don't give a shit how good you think you are. <laughs> there are some obstacles that you cannot overcome. And you ain't gotta get business. all. You ain't gotta get all hot about it. I'm a, my neck is on fire. Right this is now. good. This is good shit. Not good. Not good. <laughs> But on That's a serious, anything else? Yeah, on a serious note, probably all the ones that everybody expects. Him and Ole in the cage against uh, the Rock and Roll. Rock and Roll, yeah. Um, Saturday nights against the Rockers. Um, yeah, Telly and Arn. I was going to ask about that one. So there you go. Pops, I don't know if I have a favorite single match. Do you have a favorite singles match of your career, Arn, that you go back to? No? Nah, not really. I mean, he, 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 you know, the fact of the matter is it doesn't bother me at all that he doesn't sit. And the worst thing that could happen is him to become a 
version of me and just copy me, and that's not what we're about. Sure. A couple of things I think he should do, signature things, the Anderson stomp, the shoulders in the corner, uh, spine buster, gourd buster, things like that that are one-off and power moves and more or less you can fit into a greater style, a number of other things obviously surrounding it. You know, I, I don't want him to, or the audience to look at him as like he's just trying to be his dad. He can do so much more. He's so much more athletic than I was. I, was, I couldn't do a lot of stuff. That's the reason I didn't do a lot of stuff. And that's just a fact. And a lot of people go, oh, come on. No. But what I did do, I tried to make, again, make sense and make it solid and look 100% legitimate. And if you do everything that you do offensively or defensively in this business and you just try to make that your goal, make it 100% legit, you'll have a place in this business for a long time. Brock, I got to ask, I mean, obviously you are, people say it all the time, the spitting image uh, of your dad, uh, you know, and in his day. Were, did you ever consider being anything other than an Anderson when it came to wrestling? A different character, a different name? Maybe no. not wearing? Okay. No, because a paternity test in my case would be a waste of time and resources. <laughs> so true. So if I tried to go out there, as Bartholomew, I don't think anybody <laughs> would buy it for a second. Yeah. So I think I was kind of locked into that Anderson from the get-go. The genes are strong, my friend. Well, and, it, and it's a gift. You know, I'll, I'll just say, this one thing I will say, you know, I hate to toot my own horn, but this, this toot, time toot. I, I'm going to toot it. He's, <laughs> wrestling, he's wrestling royalty. Gene and Ole Anderson dominated tag team wrestling the end of the 70s. You know, they were they were the team. Ole Anderson, longer than that. I mean, he's he's wrestling royalty. His old man had a really good career, and it's still going on. For him not to accept that gift would just be foolish. Yeah, it's Agreed. It's a little bit of a head start once he's first started. You know, oh, that's, that's, that's Arn Anderson's kid. Okay, well, let me take a look, look, see here. But he has... He has his own style. He has his own thought process. He will do, had his own, you know, he, he was showing me things when he first started training, like uh, what is the deal where you grab the arm? What is the kid's name that used to do the leg when you bring the leg over the top and drop on the arm? The Bobby Duncan Jr.? Yeah, Bobby Duncan Jr. had a really nice move where he just grab a guy by the wrist, he's on his knees, and he just bring the leg over and ride him down. You know, and uh, I didn't teach him that. He taught me that, watching him do it. You know, he, he's got a lot of stuff that he picks and chooses, and we all steal from each other, so it's perfectly acceptable. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson from SaveWithConrad.com. Heads up, homeowners, all of a sudden your house is worth more than ever these last few years. But what are we going to do with that newfound equity? No, I'm not suggesting you sell your house or go buy something else. But didn't we all make this decision when we bought a house where we said, hey, someday we'd like to, and one day it would be nice if, maybe it's the dream kitchen, maybe it's an in-ground pool, maybe it's a man cave. But you've got this newfound equity, and I think we should use some of that equity to turn your house into your dream home 
with no money out of pocket. But even better than that, we're routinely helping folks do this and they wind up with a cheaper monthly payment. So if you got the dream house you always wanted with no money out of pocket and your payments went down, how easy is that? Find out how easy it is to turn your house into your dream home with no money out of pocket right now at SaveWithConrad.com. We can't wait to hear about your projects. Tell us what your dream is. We're going to help you make it happen at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Woo! All right, Dylan is uh, up next. He has a question for you, Brock. We, we, I told you we were going to be bringing all the questions. Uh, okay, keep is, them rolling. All right. What's the ultimate goal for you in pro wrestling? Is it to be world champion, a tag team specialist, a workhorse in the ring like your father? Maybe something else. Thanks, guys, and I hope to see Brock more on AEW television. So uh, maybe, do you have some goals uh, that you've thought about of what you'd like to accomplish in wrestling? I think, obviously, if you don't aspire to be the world champion in this, you need to do something else. That's just the standard. Now, there is having realistic expectations and knowing that not everybody's going to be the world champion. But if, I think if I could wrestle for 25 years and still have my health and, you know, my strength at the end of that run, I think I'd call that a pretty successful career. Absolutely. And, uh, simple as that. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, anybody that can have a career, uh, you you talk 20, 25 plus years in this business and have your health. Uh, that's a home run. That's a win. And, uh, listen, look, look at some of the guys that are out there now still doing it in their forties and fifties. So uh, it's a lot different as far as how people can take care of their bodies and things of that nature in, in this day and age. Uh, so there you go. Arn, did you have something you wanted to chime in with? I certainly don't want to cut you up. No, no, here. absolutely not. I just, you know, uh, my hope for him is that, you know, of course, someday, he's, you know, he's going to have a family. He's going to have a wife. He's going to have kids. And I've often said this is the greatest way to make a living on earth. Even though you are gone from home and you do suffer in that respect, you can still provide your family with a wonderful lifestyle and a wonderful life. And I hope that uh, he is, you know, established enough in the business that he will always have a job. He will always have a paycheck. He will be smart with his money, which he already is. And that uh, he will be able to look after his family and just continue the tradition of, of, making a living in the wrestling business because it's a wonderful life. You get up, you work out, get a shower, get a meal, go to work, wrestle at night. Come home or come to your hotel and start all over the next day, and it's 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 awesome. And that's just, if he chooses to stay in the business like that, that's what I wish for him. Um, and if not, guess what? He's got a degree. So he'll have a, he'll have another route if he chooses to go that way. There you go. Uh, Lauren Eason, he's back, and he has a question uh, that you can both uh, kind of answer. He says, uh, on Brock's Wikipedia page, it states at the time of this post, at least, that he was trained by QT Marshall, Glacier, and Lodi. How was Brock's experience with the training? Uh, so we'll start there. QT Marshall, Glacier, Lodi, and how was that training? So first... When I started in January 2020, we went, Lodi has a ring 15 minutes from our house. 
So that is where I actually did a bulk of my training. And then when I went to, I got, I had my tryout match with AEW. They signed me. And then from then I went to the nightmare factory a handful of times, worked with QT. It was a really great experience. QT would be obviously in Jacksonville with us too. Now Glacier, on the other hand, I have only met one time. Okay. And he had just gotten off his knee surgery. I think he had a knee replacement. So I don't know how that got on there, but I've only met him once and it was a great meeting, but no, he did not have anything. Never trained you. No. All right. Well, that's good. That's this is we're clarifying Wikipedia right here and there. Someone can go fix that for us. Is there someone Arn might have wanted Brock to learn under as well? So follow up question. Arn, is there someone that you uh, would have loved to see or loved to see uh, Brock? I was just trying to keep an eye on who he was in the ring with. And right away, you can tell how green somebody is or how reckless they are. And I just wanted him to be in the ring from day one with someone with more experience than him. Number one, that's how you get better. Number one, that's how you protect the guy you're working out with in there. Two guys with no experience is a car wreck fixing to happen. So I just tried to, when we started with Lodia, who's your guys that are, you know, you know, and at that time, Lodi was still getting in the ring. So he would you know, work around with Brock a little bit. And I, you know, then some, one of his students that had been there a long time would, would step in. And there was a couple of guys that were really polished um, already for the amount of time they were in. I just wanted to be in there with somebody that was, that's not going to drop him on his head or do something stupid. Arn, that says a lot about you, though, too, as far as trust and belief in Lodi and what his school is doing to have your own son uh, go there. So... Uh, you know, what's the name, do you guys, what's the name of Lodi's wrestling school? We'll put that over, uh, if we can here on the show. Team Fearless Wrestling Academy. Can't say enough good things about the man. He's a really good wrestling trainer, but an even better person. And I think my dad would attest to that. 100%. He's a, you know, he's a guy that, that cares about the business and cares about the young guys. And, uh, he is a good human being and, uh, he's a good trainer. And he was, he's a good worker. He's, he's, there's no negatives. Good stuff. Uh, Lauren, uh, his final question is, what has Brock learned from his father so far? So maybe if there's one or two top takeaways, uh, when you think about all the time you spend with Dad, what, what are some of those things that you've learned from him so far? I can't really – this is going to be a dud of an answer, but I can't really say there hasn't been anything new since I've started that was like a huge breakthrough because he had preached it my whole youth watching wrestling just at the house, just make everything make sense and take your time. Those two fundamentals that I think we've already covered this show a couple times. He hammered that my whole life. If we saw something that didn't make sense, he would point it out and he'd tell me why it didn't make sense and how they could have fixed it. So nothing really since I've started training that was a major breakthrough, but just those two concepts. I mean, I don't know if dad can remember anything that he might've had to smarten me up to. No, the only, you know, the only thing missing with Brock are reps. 
He understands. He comprehends. But this is a business that you cannot get better at. You can run decathlons. You can do Sparta races. You can amateur wrestle. You can play football. You can do anything athletic you can think of. That does not prepare you for being a professional wrestler. The only way you can learn is through trial and error, live reps, and hopefully back to back to back at some point. Because you remember yesterday what you weren't comfortable with and you can fix it today. If you do something that you weren't happy with and you don't have a chance to get in the ring for months, when are you going to fix it? and in front of a crowd. And the main thing is connecting with the crowd, however that is, whether it's through your microphone work, through your wrestling work, you just looked incredible, or you got a hell of a gimmick. You know, there's a lot of ways to connect with the audience. Main thing is repetition. Repetition, the key to learning in so many things in life, including the wrestling business. I ha- We're going to switch gears here and ask a couple fun questions. So uh, Jack is up next. He says, hey, fellas, I'm home recovering from reconstructive ACL surgery. Any movie suggestions from you guys? I love the show. So, uh, guys, what are some favorite movies uh, that you can recommend to Jack as he's laid up at home? Pops, I'll let you take the first crack at it, I'll fill in some blanks. Does he have Netflix? Let's assume he does. Yeah. And on all that stuff. Yeah. I'm more into binge watching series. Okay. Ozark. Good one. Unbelievable. Um, if you're not watching Yellowstone, you need to go find a cliff and jump off of it. (laughs) It's just that good. It really is. Uh, the uh, Lincoln Lawyer. Awesome. So well written. Really, really good stuff. Uh, those three, we've really enjoyed watching them, I and we'll binge watch them. Uh, I'm going to give them a plug, because I, I, I think it's it's a good show. Brock hasn't watched it yet. It's Heels. Okay. Yep. It's about the wrestling business. Yes. And, you know, and it's it's a you know there's some expose about it, but what the hell? Have where, you guys gotten to where watch? Where is the, it there? Yeah, have you guys gotten to watch the new wrestlers on Netflix? The story of Ohio Valley with uh, Al Snow. It just it just came out recently. I may not, watch, what, might watch that tonight. Yeah, we have not watched it yet. You got to watch it. But yes, we will love it. It's on yeah. the list. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Good. What about you, Brock? You can fill in some gaps here. Anything that you want to recommend movies-wise or binge-watch TV show-wise? So what he didn't, this will be piggybacking off what he said. No movies, but those two series that he said, Yellowstone and Ozark, I started watching before him, and I smiled <coughs> that he needs to watch them, and he just kept blowing it off. Like, I didn't know I was talking about it. He's like, all right, maybe I'll get to it. Maybe not. I don't know. And then he watched it probably two years into their runs and then he couldn't stop watching them. And it was all he was talking about. So I did it with another show that I wasn't sure he would like just because of the thick accents. But if, I don't know if you've seen it, Paul, uh, Peaky Blinders. I ha- I've heard about it, but I've not watched that show. Watch it with the subtitles on. Okay. That was another one that we, that we binged through in about four days. 
Okay. Peaky Blinders, it's on my list. I need to check it out. I've watched Ozarks, and I have not yet watched Don't Kill Me, Arn, Yellowstone. Oh, Oh, Paul. Oh, no. That's oh, un-American. No. It's oh, un-American. My wife has. I have not, so I need to get in on it. Un-American, dude. Yeah, I know. I just lost some street cred with you guys. I suck. Bobby's up next with a non-wrestling question for both of you. What was your favorite 80s TV show, Arn? Brock, if you don't have a favorite 80s TV show, then what what is one that stands out for you? So let's start with you, Arn. Do you have a favorite 80s television show? A lot of shows TV in the eighties. No Magnum PI, A Team. No uh, Chagney and Lacey. <laughs> I was on the road three hundred and thirty days a year. Yeah, I would watch Around the World in thirty minutes with David Goodnow on CNN to put me out at night. That's about the extent. So of you missed TV. all the eighties TV shows back in the day. Other other than sports, I would watch sports, and that was about yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, oh, because uh, when was I going to do it? I, was I know, working, I work, know, I working hear every night. I hear and you traveling. Yep, traveling from town don't to get town. Hot, don't get hot, Paul. Uh, hey, listen, I'm the one who just said I don't, I don't watch uh, Yellowstone, <laughs> so I can't get hot at anybody. But uh, you're going to okay. be hot at yourself when you do start watching. I will. Know. Like, what was I waiting on? God, it's like a present. I know it's coming, and it'll be well worth the wait when I start watching it. What was I waiting for? It'll be that kind of thing. So, Brock, again, ninety-seven, you were born. Yeah, I don't expect you to have an eighties television show series, but yeah, have- I, don't, I can't do anything on the eighties front. You know, I, before Netflix, I wasn't really watching a whole bunch of TV because I was outside running around playing sports, being a kid, doing sure. stupid shit outside. But I guess I can remember if it kind of, if he wants like a scripted, like studio audience show. Yeah, like a sitcom style. Yeah. I can remember watching uh, that 70s show. My brother would have it on. There you go. And if he was babysitting me, he'd let me sit and watch it with him when the parents were out. When the parents weren't around. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. There you go. All right. I love it. So, Arn, we have a lot of 80 shows to catch you up on, and uh, Bobby and I will help put the list together for you. Uh, resident accountant Michael McClanahan makes his return to the Arn show with a couple of questions. He says, uh, what was one advantage to having a parent in the wrestling business growing up? So one advantage, Brock, to having dear old dad be a wrestler, besides you know being on the uh, short wait list for some restaurants in the area. Was there anything else that was an advantage? One advantage was also a disadvantage. He could get, so if they were running in in Charlotte, he could always get his tickets. Yes. The problem was, is that he was backstage working. So who do you think was bringing us to the show? My mom. Mom, yeah. So me, I remember she brought me and Will Brown down to the old Charlotte Coliseum, now Bojangles Coliseum. And they were doing, it was when they had the ECW reboot. And they switched over from, they were doing SmackDown and they switched over to the ECW taping. And like the first thing out of the taping was some, I can't remember which diva came out. Kelly Kelly. Mate, somebody. No. She, I can't remember. Oh. He was coming down and she was getting Jaybird naked on the way down. And me, me and Will Brown are sitting there like this thing just got interesting. And my mom yanked both of us, and we went and got Dippin' Dots. I wanted to say, hell with Dippin' Dots. I want to see what's over there. <laughs> Where's the naked lady at? Yeah, so we got Thanks, in the building, but there was no payoff. 
Oh, she was being a good mom, but buddy, I'd have been right there with you. Screw yeah. Dippin' Dots. Yeah, Dippin' Dots. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and and I bet, Arn, did you get a tongue lashing on the way home? Now, how could, could you give us tickets to that show knowing that was going to be going <laughs> oh, on? you know I got my ass chewed out. Of course. <laughs> like I could have done oh something God. about it. <laughs> well, Oh, one, that's a great story. One thing he'll admit is that one big advantage about being in our household, and I made it this way on purpose. He has experienced some world-class, off-the-hook vacations mm, very in true. his life, and I did that on purpose. I wanted them to see parts of the world, and you know, parts of the certainly most of the country, and because I wanted to have. You know, some guys are in this business want to save every nickel and live like a hermit. Some blew it all. I wanted to have a fine medium where I took my family with me and we could have a week-long vacation in, in these exotic places in the Caribbean. It's probably our favorite in Florida. And, you know, things and create memories that when you're old and can't go anywhere and don't feel like getting on a plane for five and a half or eight hours, but... You can remember, you know, the really, and we have had some wonderful vacations. We've ate some fine meals, about as good as you can have anywhere on earth. And, you know, we're thankful for that. And we owe it all to the wrestling industry. And uh, that's something that we maybe take for granted sometimes. But, I mean, we've we've had a lot. I mean, we went to Aruba probably nine times. I was going to ask about Aruba, Brock. Is it as good yeah. as Arn says? Well, yeah, he, he he lied. He said we saw the world. No, we just saw Aruba ten times, <laughs> which there's no problem with that at yeah. all. But yeah, we yeah. That's he, all the world you need to see. Let's be honest. Everything he said, I can second. That is very true. That Marriott down in Aruba, he's had me. I've he's talked about it in such glowing terms. I've I've scoped that out a few times. So I mean, you need. I you need absolutely to need to take Mama and go to, and your son and go yeah. down there for a week and stay at the Marriott. It, you, there's not an experience that I've been. I've been to Hawaii and St. Kitts and St. Martin and all the other St. John's. You name it, all of. We've been to all those. California, you know, name it. It's 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 the best thing, best vacation I've ever had. Obviously, it's awesome. I'm all in. So, and they have a Ruth Chris there, too, don't they? You yes. said Ruth Chris Steakhouse? And that ain't even the best thing they got. I mean, right. it's just I mean, it's just all-inclusive. Anything you can do on a tropical vacation, you can do at that Marriott. Name it. Um, you sold me. I, I got to get it. I got to get my act together. We got to get down there. Maybe if I slow down on recording all these podcasts every every other day, every well, get to do a vacation, we'll say. All right, uh, Michael wants to know additionally if Arn Anderson of the 1980s could give Brock one piece of advice about the business, what would it be? Don't be a liar. Don't be a thief. Don't be reckless with another guy's body. Return him to his family the way you found him in one piece. And just... Uh, even though it gets to the point where your family is, then we're talking down the road when you have a family, tell them you love them at least twice a day, hmm. even if it gets on their nerves. That's, that's life advice right there. That's, that's good stuff, Arn. And, uh, 
feel that way. Yeah. Well, listen, we are going to wrap it up with Bryant Haremza. Brock, thank you so much for doing this with us. This has been a lot of fun. I think our audience has gotten to know you a hell of a lot better uh, through this episode. So I thank you so much for your candor and your openness. Bryant Haremza, he has a couple of questions for you guys. He says, Brock, what match, and you've already kind of shared this, so we'll kind of talk through this. Would you say hooked you in wanting to become a wrestler? You said it was The Undertaker and uh, Shawn Michaels from WrestleMania 25. What would you say is the best match that you have seen live? So that one, and I can tell you. You were there. Okay. I can tell you why. So I was, that was in 09, correct? So I'd be 12. So I was kind of in that age where I'd been, it had become such regular circumstance. I was like, I'd, you know, it's, it was wrestling. It's, It's just another wrestling match. And, but it was mostly because this is when those WrestleManias were starting to get pretty long. They were starting to get oh, yeah. five, six, seven hours with all those pre-show matches. So it's four hours before you get into the meat of the card. And I had my, uh, I'm 12, so I had my Nintendo DS up there and I'm sitting there just playing it. And I remember them playing. They always have, if WWE has anything, they always have those really good like theatrical, uh, what it, the montages at the front, yeah, the promos the yeah. before the match that they play live in house package. Yeah. And I remember seeing that and it, my ears perked up and I watched that. And the next thing I know, I'll look over and Sean's coming down from the ceiling in all that white, the whole, the white robe, the hat, he's coming down from the heavens, the heaven and hell angle. And, Taker rises through, does his entrance, and then they proceed to have this match that I didn't. I set my DS down. I think I, I think it lost battery. I think it died just sitting there. And I want. I think they went forty five minutes, and I just remember all the. And they had a slow build, so everything. It just continued to get bigger than the rest. Like my dad had preached, how would you put a match together? And it was just, they had that crowd in the palm of their hands and they were kicking out. And just when you thought Taker had him, he'd kick out. And then he, Sean would pop up with a sweet chin out of nowhere. And then you'd think Taker was done. And I remember just thinking, I was like, I want to feel that. I want to feel what they just had in that match. And that was the moment when you said, hey, I want to do this. Yes. I'm 12 years old. I want to be a wrestler. 2009. I love it. Arn, uh, we're going to wrap up on this question. This is Brian's final question. Do you think when a company has a lot of championship belts, championships left and right, it devalues those different titles that are not the world championship? Yes. Okay. Don't and say anymore. Your... Too okay. many is too many. He, he said, in your opinion, is there a perfect number of titles to have for a promotion? There's a champion... And then there's a uh, mid-card slash television title slash championship. Then your main world championship is above that. And below that, I would think you could have your tag titles. And those three championships are plenty for any company. It covers all the bases. For guys, me. yeah, For me. I'm with you. I'm with you. I think any more than that starts to get saturated, waters down. Uh, the the 
purpose of what a championship is there for. Brock Anderson, Arn Anderson. Brock, thank you so much for joining us this week on the Arn Show. No, I just want to thank everybody for their questions. Hopefully I answered them okay. Paul, Pops, thank you all for having me. This was this was fun. This was, uh, this was a great time, and uh, that's going to wrap us up for this week. Thanks to all of our fans who contributed to the show, as you said, Brock. We had so many questions. We couldn't get to all of them, uh, but we have them saved. And, and for those of you that are ad-free show members, we're going to do some Ask Arn separately, a 30-minute overrun here for all of you. Uh, but make sure you check out ArnLinks.com for all things Enforcer. You can find our social media pages, our merch. Uh, maybe some a Brock, a new Brock T-shirt here soon. Uh, but you can also find the four horsemen gear, the horseman jacket and hat like I have here sitting behind me. Uh, so it's boxagimmicks.com or rnlinks.com. There's two new designs, two new T-shirt designs, enforcing. Um, that is there by JD Hoop. That is a beautiful design T-shirt, as well as a new one from Dominic with the uh, championship title belts on uh, on the T-shirt as well from the Four Horsemen days. So check this out. Guys, next week we return walking through your career, Arn. We're going to be looking at July 1993, and it is uh, Beach Blast 93. It's Ric Flair challenging Barry Windham for the NWA world title. Vader and Sid, the masters of the powerbomb, taking on Davy Boy Smith and the franchise Sting. Don't worry, Arn. We don't have to watch that mini-movie anymore. We're actually going to watch the match. Thank you. And uh, it's uh, we're going to see you, our man, double-A team with Paul Roma to take on the Hollywood Blondes for the WCW Tag Team titles. Guys, remember, if your business targets 25- to 54-year-old men, you can advertise with us right here on the show. Check it out, advertisewitharn.com, and uh, you can find out more how Arn and I will read your ad for your store, your merchandise, whatever you want to present here, right here on the Arn Show. That's right, it's advertise with arn.com on behalf of Brock Anderson and on behalf of the Hall of Famer, the founder of the Four Horsemen, Arn Anderson. This is Paul Bromwell, and we'll see you right back here next week on another episode of Arn. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.